Thanks for checking out a sermon from First United Methodist Church located in Sheridan, Wyoming. To learn more about who we are, please check out our webpage at fumcsheridanwy.org. Today's scripture is Matthew 18, 21-35. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owned him owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all those possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before his leader and said, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But the slave refused. He went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then the slave's Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of God from the people of God. Would you pray with me? God, I ask that the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing and glorifying to you. Amen. Last week, we looked at the few verses that are before this uh, around Jesus, again, giving practical advice for this new community that he has been talking about here in Matthew for quite some time now. This practical advice uh, that we experienced last week was the importance of talking with another person if they offend us, uh, specifically within 
the faith community within the church. Uh, this question and reflection then this morning is the continuation of that conversation. So it's important for us to, to hold that uh, in mind as we look at these verses today. So the practical advice was given to those that are a part of this new community, this new church. Uh, and so we need to also look at these verses through the same lens, okay? Now, the parable that Jesus speaks about this morning reiterates that exact point. I think it's also important that we remember that these words, like last week's words, are again rooted in love, reconciliation, and forgiveness. Now, before we jump into the passage this morning, I first want us to define a word. Uh, the word that I would invite us to define this morning is what does uh, forgive mean? Okay, to let go of something against you? Forget about it. Forget about it. Forget about it, that's what, sorry, I digressed. Accept? If you would look up the word forgive in the Oxford, the concise Oxford English Dictionary, this is what you would find. Stop feeling angry or resentful towards someone for an offense or mistake. Cool. In the Greek, you knew that was coming. In the Greek, this is the understanding that we get to release from legal or moral obligation or consequence. So I, I, I so appreciate. Oh, sorry. It could also be uh, translated cancel, remit, or pardon. I really appreciate those words to release. There's, there's power in those words, to release. Uh, because this gives us the idea of letting go. Now, when we forgive, what are we letting go of? Well, that was so good. I have no idea what any of you just said. Can you, hurt? Letting go of hurt? Anger? Bad feelings? Okay, we're letting go of something that has been done to us. Are we not also letting go of the possibility of a grudge? Letting go of the desire for retaliation? Have you ever seen the bumper sticker? I don't get mad, I just get even. If we let go, if we release all of those things we just mentioned, do they affect the offender or the offendee? Both. The other word that I would like us to 
reframe this morning uh, that gets used in the NRSV to explain in the parable, to explain the workers uh, underneath the king is the word slave. Uh, The Greek here can also mean servant. And so this morning, instead of using the word slave, I'm going to use servant. All right. Uh, So this is what we're going to use uh, to, as we talk about the parable today. All right, let's jump into these verses and see what Matthew and see what Jesus is trying to help us understand today. This parable starts off with a question, starts off with a question from Peter, a question that I would imagine we all want an answer to. How many times do I need to forgive other members of the church? Yeah, that's right. Now, Peter offers a suggestion. And in his suggestion, he says, is seven enough? (laughs) Which, in and of itself, is a very generous answer to answer his own question. It's a very generous answer, especially due to the fact that we don't hear that there is any ownership of fault mentioned by the offending individual. This forgiveness that Peter is talking about is given without even being asked for it. Have you ever given forgiveness like that? Have you counted how many times? No? Okay, that's a good thing. We'll get to that in a moment. So when when Peter says seven, is seven enough? Jesus takes that number seven and chucks it out the window. And whether Jesus says the number 77 or 490, which is 70 times seven, we don't want to miss the point. We don't want to get caught up into the numbers. What Jesus is getting at is that forgiveness in this new community is beyond calculation which then is demonstrated by the parable that he brings before Peter and what is brought before us so that we can understand the idea behind forgiveness. Now, as we look at this parable, this story, we hear about a king and his servants. Now, Matthew at the end of the story reflects back and tells us that this story is an allegory, that the actors in this story represent and give a vivid lesson to us about forgiveness. Matthew makes the connection for us. The king represents... Are you still with me? Okay. The king represents... God, the servants represent fellow Christians. Debts represents sins, which we talked about last week, the idea of missing the mark. The parable then helps us understand the importance of not being like the unforgiving servant. Now, this story is broken up into three different interactions. The first is between the king and his main servant. 
The debt that is brought up between this king and the servant is 10,000 talents. We don't use talents anymore. We haven't in a really, really, really long time. So I think we need to, to understand what is going on here. When the king wants to settle the accounts, it could be that this first servant was contracted to collect taxes for the king. The sum of money that this servant owes the king is crazy big. So let's break it down. 10,000 talents. A talent is the largest monetary unit in this day and age. And 10,000 is the largest possible number. A Googleplex was not heard of yet. So this figure then is the largest possible amount that can be perceived. Now, one talent equals 6,000 denarii, which is equivalent to about 15 years of manual labor. So if we multiply it all out, the servant owes the king 60 million denarii. Mic drop? I mean, I, that, is, that is a massive amount of debt that this individual needs to give to the king. Just to put it into a little bit more perspective. The annual taxed income for Herod the Great that he collected over his territories was 900 talents per year. That is the area of Syria, Phoenicia, Judah, and Samaria. Judea and Samaria. All of those, 900 talents per year. So again, the amount that this servant owes the king is beyond attainable. It's beyond attainable. The situation is hopeless. The king will never get that debt back. So what's the servant's response then? He falls on his knees and asks for mercy. <laughs> like he's going to get it. 10,000 talents. Beyond surprised, I would imagine this servant would be that the king responds with compassion and forgives this crazy debt that he owes. Now from there, the first servant goes to collect a debt then from a fellow servant. Do you remember the debt that he has between the fellow servant? 100 denarii, which is equivalent to 100 days wages. It's not insignificant. However, compared to 60 million denarii to 100 denarii, if we're being literal here, that is microscopic debt compared to what the first servant 
had been forgiven. Now, the forgiven servant violently insists that he be repaid. And the fellow servant responds with the same words. And we would expect in a parable like this, we would expect the same or similar scenario playing out as what did before with the forgiving of the debt that was owed. But we don't. We experience the exact opposite. The first servant puts his fellow servant into debtor's prison so that he can get back the money that he is owed. Others that are servants to the king see what is going on here and recognize that something doesn't sit right with this. And so they go and they talk with the king and the king then summons the, for, for the servant that's been forgiven to come again before him and, and the unthinkable happens. The king takes back what he had already given and the servant then will spend the rest of his life paying back the debt that was owed to the king. Now, some scholars think that Jesus' original parable ended with the question, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I, have, as I had mercy on you? Which then leaves the parable as a reflection of what kind of servant do we want to be? The final verses then are believed to be added by Matthew to help make the point of this parable clear, which the argument could be made, I guess he sort of does. By allegor allegorizing the parable, we notice though that the first servant, one who was forgiven an unconceivable amount of debt of sin by God, we see the second ser servant, someone who wronged a fellow human being or fellow Christian. And when the forgiveness then is not shared between the two fellow Christians, God's own forgiveness is invalidated. That is what we have to sit with. That's the space that Jesus is inviting us into. So what servant do we want to be? This is not the first time we hear Jesus saying something like this. The first time he prayed about it. In Matthew 6, 9 through 13, he says, And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Or usually we say, And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. 
that word as in there can sometimes trip us up. Because the assumption with the as is that we're seeking forgiveness and we're also giving forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. We have to pray about it because prayer can change the heart and the mind. We reflect on this parable. We reflect on the prayer and it helps remind us of the importance of this word forgiveness, of releasing, of letting go. So the question that started this all was how much? How many times do I have to forgive someone from the church who wrongs me? We don't want to miss the point. Because the point isn't the numbers. Because the reality is, if you're counting, if you're keeping check marks, let's be honest. I hope it's 490 then instead of 77. But if you're keeping the tally marks, are you actually forgiving? Whoever counts has not truly forgiven at all, but just continues to keep a record of wrongs. So we are reminded then that living into this community, this new community, this faith community, this church, that the type of forgiveness that Jesus is inviting us to live into is beyond calculation. My hope for us is that we, in this community, as we strive for deep and meaningful relationships with each other and with God, that we be willing and open to forgive each other because God has already forgiven us. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. We thank you for your forgiveness. Help us. Help us to see each other. Help us to forgive each other. so that we may live into your kingdom, so that we may live as people called by you. God, we love you, and we thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. We would love for you to join us again for 
worship in person or online, and we look forward to being with you next time.